On episode nine of the Babes Talking Business podcast this week, we have Vic Giglioni, founder and owner of one of Australia's top leading fitness apparel companies, Muscle Republic, which if you haven't heard of or had the pleasure of working out in their incredibly high quality gear, you must go check them out. Vic's passion is contagious. He always talks about how he believes in bringing people together through the love and benefits of an active lifestyle. And once you get chatting to this guy, you can really tell that creating apparel people love is his true passion all the way from designing the perfect fit selecting materials that feel great all the way to instilling value into every single part of the business from the clothing to the customer service and all the communication including spreading their vision and mission all through social media platforms so Vic's values are unity, energy, gratitude, progression, balance, and quality, and you really get to see that in this interview. We get a really awesome look into the world of Vic, the man behind this incredible brand that's taking Australia and the rest of the world by storm. You can head over to Muscle Republic's Instagram and check out their website. All of the links to their socials and websites are below in our podcast notes, including their hashtag so you can join and check out the Republic online tribe, which I really, really love. If you're loving our podcast, guys, we would love for you to rate us and drop us some love. We'll be doing a shout out a week on the Instagram of our favorite reviews. So when you leave us some feedback, don't forget to leave your Instagram handle and or website so you can go into the running for the shout out of the week don't forget you can also follow us on instagram by heading over to at babes talking business you can check out our website www.babestalkingbusiness.com and this podcast is actually a vlogcast meaning you can watch each and every single interview by heading over to our youtube channel links for all of these are below in the podcast notes and on the website we hope you love this episode just as much as we did we are so grateful to have been able to talk to vic Hope you love it. All right. Well, Beck, it is so good to have you on Babes Talking Business. I'm excited to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. Oh, thank you both for having me on. I'm very honoured. I'm a bit nervous, but um, pushing myself out of my comfort zone to do a few more of these things. So definitely. Love it. Thank you. So I was talking to Loz about you, about how we've known each other for some years now. We, um, we met each other in when we were both bodybuilding. Yes. How long ago was that? Was that 2013 or 2014? 2013. Yeah. Yep. Ages ago. And so tell us a little bit about how Muscle Republic started, um, what your vision and mission was in the beginning. I, I want to know, like, because I know the story, but I want Loz to hear it. I want our listeners to hear about where you've come from and we'll go into where, yeah. you've, where you've gone. So I was never in apparel. I was always in real estate when I got out of school. Um, I loved um, corporate like business and but I always loved fitness so from around 15 I joined my first gym I was always a skinny kid and back then because I'm only 21 um, (laughs) I had to buy magazines to follow like programs and get inspired there was no social media so I would go to the news agent and like follow the guys that were all the bodybuilders. And it's so funny because like, um, you know, you look at that now and you go, that's just non-existent. Um, yeah. but I had a little gym that I went to and it was above like a fruit market. It was called Tony's gym. Um, and the guy is so lovely. I still know him till today, but essentially my passion for health and fitness started around then. And, um, at the same time I was working in the city loving like 
as a young guy working in town and probably around my mid twenties. Um, I'd always said in my early twenties, I wanted to do a bodybuilding comp, you know, cause I see the magazines and, and then I don't know, I just got caught up in, um, losing who I was a little bit. Like I felt like I had to pretend like I was something that I wasn't, um, either to fit into the business world at times, but the, the most success I had was when I was just myself. So I said, it got to the point where my little brother who and I are really close and he's such a straighty, it's so fucking annoying. Um, <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. Yeah, he's a nerd, but he's great. Um, he kind of lost respect for me a little bit. Um, and I was, <laughs> I had this, um, I had this thing that I was like, I had started a chicken shop um, with our family at the time. We had sold our real estate business or dad had. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be an entrepreneur because I'm just, I just want to do my own business. And I had this real full of energy and, and we set out to do this chicken shop and it was awesome. But I was working there weekends and working in the city on the week during the week. And um, anyway, like basically that didn't work out. Um, the guy I was doing the shop with um, had left during the week. So I left my job in the city. And I just went into like full auto mode for about 18 months of like just getting this business to like a point where I could sell it. And when that failed, I really took it hard. Like I, um, I was partying twice as much. I was masking all my feelings. Um, I, um, I was still training. Um, like I'd still train on Mondays, but like, you know, Friday to Sunday, I was out, you know, just being a menace, attracting the wrong women. Um, not really getting ahead had no money. So I, we sold the business and I ended up, um, laboring for my brother-in-law doing concrete and form work. So from a suit to the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of needed that because it was like letting my anger out, like all the heavy lifting. And I had just got my dog. Um, and I always wanted a Staffia Brindle one. And one of the guys in the yard had his mum. And I said, Oh, if he ever has puppies, um, I want I want the Brindle. I said, if I ever have a dog, I'm gonna call him Charlie Brown. So had Charlie, didn't know what to do with him, got him at eight weeks and yeah, sort of had this thing that I had to look after. And I realized that when you start to give back to others, you start to release that inside, you know? And um, so, sorry, I'm, it's, I then was sort of still finding my way a little bit and I went overseas for three months, came back and um, I started partying again and I didn't really, my dog didn't really like me too much. My brother lost complete respect for me. So I said, I woke up one Sunday and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a list of all the things I want to do. I'm just going to fucking do them. I said I was going to do a bodybuilding comp and it was January 212. Had no idea what I was doing. Had a mate help me and we used to train every morning at 5.30 with the dog, like doing cardio. And used to do um, two o'clock in the afternoon and then go back to work. At, um, I'd started working back with my dad. We opened the real estate again and it sucked, but... Um, <laughs> I just worked and worked and worked and I had this goal of getting on stage and I started to document it a little bit, but the reason it's relevant is because I didn't have much money. I was living back at home. I was 33 and um, rather than hating on myself, I wanted to feel good about myself and I wanted to show others what you could do sort of thing. And Instagram was happening. So I'd take a few photos, but I realized that I was running out of t-shirts because I was training twice a day. <laughs> and 
You sound like I, Matt like changes his shirt three times a day. <laughs> yeah, you have to. To keep it fresh. So I was like started becoming a tailor, you know, like <laughs> so I started cutting muscle tees up and um would wear them and I just felt good in it, you know, and um so did the comp, it was amazing, like didn't place or anything, but the response I got from people was like, Oh my god, I can't believe you did it. That made me feel good and end of that year we went to Bali for a year trip with some mates and um I wanted to buy Charlie some dog jumpers. So I bought him super dog, bat dog, dog dinosaur. <laughs> and uh, it was $30 each. <laughs> and um, oh, this is Charlie here. <laughs> oh, little Charlie Brown is a puppy. He's so cute. Um, so yeah, we, um, I stopped on the way back to the hotel and I said, I wanted to get a Bing Tang singlet and a Chicago Bull singlet. And got back in the car and that was 6 or $7. So said to my mates in the car, I was like, can you believe they sell this for six, seven dollars? Look at the embroidery on this thing, you know? And he's like, you should do your own. And I'm like, you know what, you I will. <laughs> so it was like February 2013. And um, we were chatting on the phone one night with a mate, um, was gonna do it comps that year. I said, you know what, I'm gonna use my motto that I used from Rocky, which is like, Sylvester Sloan's like my idol. and. There's a scene where he says, I'll just put it off till tomorrow. And he's getting bashed in the ring during training. He's like, you can't, like, there is no tomorrow. And for me, it was like resonating because you have to train for today. If you're going to achieve it in six months, you have to do, it, do the hard work today to achieve that goal. But once you get to that goal, you're bored. So you do another goal. Like, I think life is about keeping move, keep moving forward all the time, you know? So people bag me a little bit about my Rocky obsession, but I feel like, I still watch it till today. Like um, if I'm having a really tough time in business, I go home, I watch Rocky two, Rocky three, and you watch the journey and the message is like really powerful. So <laughs> you started cutting up t-shirts. Um, we did. You're doing it in your dad's garage to begin with. Yeah, no, that was just in my bedroom. Um, at that time we didn't even have a brand. So obviously February that year we had a name. It was called train for today. Gymwear. in Sydney, you have Surrey Hills. So you have like the rag trader district where you can get fabrics and stuff. So like, man, I was on the internet like crazy. I was like dog with a bone, need to find a supplier. And I didn't want it to be just like everybody else. I wanted to make it perfect. You know, like I want when the guys put the t-shirts on now and it's funny because it resonates to today. We just have the per perfect t-shirt. Like when I put this t-shirt on, I feel like Superman. Like it's <laughs> they are good. Fit, fabric, the whole thing, you know, like it's taken four years to get the t-shirt right. Who would have known? But, um, we went to screen printers and um, it, mind you, we had decided that that name was terrible because it was shocking. I mean, you can admit it. I needed something that represented how Channing and myself, all the guys that I met through bodybuilding from all walks of life, they came from their, all their different journeys. We all came together. Like Jess um, used to work at Anytime Fitness in Brookvale here where we are. We became friends. She saw my journey. I saw her working for one of my friends. She loved training. Um, she's helped me over the years. So like through fitness, you just come together. I was training with a guy at St. Leonard's Fitness First in Sydney. And I'm standing at the, I'm parking my car, I look up and there's a shop called Coco Republic, the furniture shop. And I'm like the muscle, the muscle, the muscle Republic. And I'm like, that's it, the muscle Republic. And it was 1st of March, 2013. 
I met one of my friends um, who was doing our website and graphic design for coffee at Monavale. I remember this clearly. I was like, I got the name. It's called The Muscle Republic. She's like, let's drop the V. And I'm like, all right, cool. So, <laughs> and we went to different suppliers around Sydney. We went to fabric shops um, in Surrey Hills. They were terrible because all dancewear stuff. Um, I wanted a beautiful cotton for my, t- my muscle tees and T-shirts. We then found a brand called AS Colour through, um, they do all blank stuff. And they used to be in Sydney, they're now in Melbourne. And um, I just sort of went there. I went to a screen printer, he introduced me to them. I went to their factory one day. And it's scary because you don't know what you're doing. Like rag trading and apparel is like, there's no blueprint. Real estate, if I needed to know something, there was 10 associations, coaches, this, that, the other. Apparel, no one tells you any of this. So I went and got my real estate sign guy to print them for me. (laughs) And that's how I started. Yeah, I printed them. I had them in my bedroom. I started selling them through Insta and like Facebook. And um, I was like, man, this is cool. I really want to do this. And I was doing real estate like nonstop. So any money I was making from real estate, I was just buying product. And we did um, muscle tea for women, muscle tea for guys, a t-shirt for guys, a singlet for guys, which was terrible, a singlet for girls, which was okay. Um, but yeah, we had six products in like four colors. If that's the beginning of your story, like, did you at the start have the vision for it to become what it is now and have the following and influence you have now? Like, what was your vision at the start? Was it just to make a couple of teas and obviously have people part of that culture and that community? Or was it like, I want to build like a really successful online presence and business? Like, what was the vision for it initially? No, I'll tell you at the time, I was literally trying to pour all of my energy and my heart into something that was making me believe in who I really was. Um, so I was always told that I had to do real estate because, you know, we had a family business. I'd always done that from school and, you know, like growing up, the, the sort of the image of success was having a suit, having a nice car, having three kids, the house, you know, going to spend, you know, money at like, like just living like this cookie cutter lifestyle. And I didn't want to do that. I was like, there's no way, like, um, I was not rebelling against the system, but I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. You know, like I take my dog everywhere. I buy him steak when we go out for dinner. People (laughs) look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't lived until you can do something for someone that like, that can't give it back, that can't pay it back to you. Like I get more from giving. So, so if you ask me if I saw it being where I, no, initially not. And then I thought, well, to make a difference in the world, you, you need money. So in order to make money, you need sales. So what you do with that money, it's, and I've heard this a few times, whether you're a, a, an idiot, um, whether you're a jerk and you've got more money, you're just going to be a bigger jerk. If you're a good person, you can make more of a difference. It's, I think it's the pursuit of the journey and the pursuit of the goal that's going to keep me driven. So I remember like being a part of your startup journey and how it was for you. Cause like in the beginning you were, you know, trusting these randoms in Bangladesh to give you your product and it was coming over and it, you wouldn't be happy with it or there'd be something wrong with it. It wasn't up to your standard. And then yeah. I remember doing things like the fitness expo in Sydney and just like, you know, getting all of that organized. I remember you like getting the, um, the stall ready on like the driveway with sticky tape, like just yeah. everything by yourself in the beginning. Tell us a little bit about some of the face down moments that you've had and, and what you've learned from them. Um, I think 
So the first product that arrived obviously wasn't as great. Um, the website that we had built was a Magento website. That was an absolute nightmare. I think the first three years, the main product that we sold was through pure hustle of like one hand to hand. Um, even when we moved here, we've had issues of like leggings that we had to throw in the bin, um, like 20 grand worth of leggings that were gray leggings that were see-through and um, were like steel wool. The fabric was terrible. Wow. We had a website that we just literally exited last September. I think websites were probably the biggest challenge for me and manufacturing. Um, we had to exit out of there. That cost me like nearly oh, 50 grand over two years. Wow. Um, we built a brand new Shopify site for like 10% of that recently. And it works like a gem, you know, and I should have trusted my gut and gone there with it. And I learned that if you just feed the issue, the right energy, sometimes there's actually opportunity in crisis. And I feel like that's every time something goes wrong, you see it as an opportunity to grow. And if you're getting too much, too much of a comfort zone, you're never going to be challenged to like think differently. So every time something's happening, I wish it didn't happen financially as much, but um, it's growth. It's <laughs> yeah, it's growth. It is. Um, but it's how you step up to that challenge. It's how you show your team that you can step up to that challenge. Last year probably wasn't the best leader. Um, this time last year is a prime example. We were, um, we were absolutely killing it at, um, in, within three months. And then what we had done is not realize that with apparel, you've got to drop it every month because the customer's looking for something new. You've got to take them on that journey. We had dropped all our apparel at the beginning of that year. So all right. Like all that one left us. Yeah. Our fashion designer had left. So we had a fashion designer who was doing our range and she said she couldn't do it anymore. So I was like, Oh man, this is going to kill me. How am I going to communicate with China? Like we had moved to China and, um, so I just started doing it myself. I used to watch what she did. I used to put masking tape on like the, the samples and say, no, this needs to change. No, this needs to change. And just sent it back. You know, you just found a way, um, you know, like financially it's super challenging. You, you know, the money that you pour into these businesses is huge. So I guess you put it out there in the right way. It always, the answer will come back to you. I really want to be the person that my dog's dog believes that I am. I really want to lead this brand to the, to the States. Um, you know, like we are super challenged. Like this week is enormous. Um, we have product photography on Friday. Um, we just booked like professional models um, because image and the way things look are super important in this business. Um, I didn't think that at the beginning, but it is true. Like, so it's the, it's the minor details, the finishing touches. I buy for the models to make sure that all the photos are perfect um, because it's my product it's my brand like if someone's not happy with the product I give them back their money like you're not happy take the money back I don't care we'll fix it I just left my fashion designer before she's doing some fittings today and this afternoon um, I'm perfecting everything like I'm like no that fabric has to be better than Lulu and she's like okay um, we're actually milling our own male fabric now um, I don't know, you know those leggings I sent you in Peach, um, the yeah. Bianca ones? Yeah, everyone so always talks we, about them. <laughs> I'm constantly challenging. Like everyone's like, oh, you know, you can't do this because they're, they're big. I'm like, no, you can do it. So we found fabric in different countries. So the best fabrics are made in like Hong Kong, Taiwan, um, Italy, Japan. 
And then they send it to China to make. Like, who knew? But I keep on asking, you know, just ask, ask, ask. Yeah. And, you know, like, it takes a while to incorporate that into your business. So people think it's going to happen overnight. It's not. Sounds like you've had a really colourful journey with a lot of lessons throughout. (laughs) What do you think? Like, I know at the start it was obviously you're a one-man band, but it sounds like you've grown a team now. So... Who have you got like how many is in your team now and who do you kind of turn to like what's been the biggest support or resource for you along that journey to help you have the success that you've had? We've got a new fashion designer who's been with us since May last year. I went to China on my own, came back. I'd met her to do some pattern making for us. She's now progressed into like head of design. Um, she absolutely loves the brand and what we're doing and loves active wear. Um, Jess joined me about a year ago um, and she's our brand manager. She handles all our socials, our marketing stuff. Um, I guess um, like I've got some key staff and team members, um, but we work with like contractors, like photographers and videographers. But to come back to your question, it is like, it's super lonely um, being an entrepreneur and having your own business as a sole owner. Um, a lot of businesses have a partner, um, or they have like, there's two of them doing it. There's a lot of that going on out there. Um, I always wanted that. Um, but I've, um, unfortunately just couldn't find the right fit or no one was really willing to invest money into that at the time. So I kind of got to the point where I was like, well, now I'm at the point where I might as well use my own money or borrow money because why am I going to give someone half of the business for or. I've done the hard yard now, you know, so surrounding yourself with key, key team members, like such as Jess, um, such as Judy, our designer, they know what I'm going through and I'm super weird half the time. Like I'll be like, Oh my God, (laughs) how am I going to pay for this? How are we going to get through this? But you just find a way, but I've got really good family and friends that like a mate of mine comes in at night. He helps me with the warehousing now over the last month. Yeah. Um, my brother is like constantly like we'll go for walks on Saturday or Sunday and we'll chat and he's completely different to me. He gives me a different perspective. So like you've created a pretty amazing community, like online. I love yeah. your slogan, real muscle is heart. And so I, I just love the community that you've actually built online because everyone loves that. Everyone loves the hashtag. Everyone's like really proud to wear your gear and post it and tag you guys. And I love what you do with your Insta stories. Like once a week you do your, like you do your shout outs to all your followers who have tagged you. Like you've just created an awesome community. It sounds like you've got a really great support system around you to help you through the tough times, but it also it must be really beautiful to watch the community that you've built online as well and see people like feel really amazing in your apparel. Yeah, it is. Um... I was driving the other day and I saw some chick wearing it, like some random. I was like, wow. Like the weirdest thing. And it's so funny because when we started, like (laughs) we used to get a lot of resistance to people wearing the word muscle across their chest. And I was like, oh, okay, well maybe we should change the logo or the name. And I was like, I'm not going to change who we are. Um, And by showing people, it's actually what's inside you that makes the difference. And heart is the real muscle. So we're not trying to pretend that like that's what's got me through the hardest times. You know, it's what comes from inside that's actually going to get you to the next level. So 
by showing the world that real muscle is heart. But the main thing that, and the reason we do share the love is, I don't know if you guys feel this as well, but like when you go somewhere and someone's just super nice to you at the cafe or they're just instilled value into you. And um, if you instill value into others, that makes them feel good about themselves. Now we do that in everything that we do for our socials, um, through our production process. Like these, these new products that are coming, they've gone back and forth. It was December last year, I was meant to push the button on production to get it here before Chinese New Year in February. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Unless I know that product's perfect, I'm not gonna sell something to someone that I don't believe in. Now we've suffered, like the last, the first quarter of this year has sucked, you know, like it's been challenging, you know, I should have bought a new car. Like I was like, <laughs> but I'm like, we need to make sure our product is perfect because when that person spends their hard earned money on their, on this product, we use express shipping. It costs a little bit more. Who cares? People write to us more and they say, I can't believe how fast I got here from, from Sydney to WA. And we're like, yeah, we use Express. No other brands do that. Well, because they're tight, you know, like, because we're not in it for the short term. We're in it for the long term. Now you've got to look at the lifetime value of your customer. Not only will they wear it, they'll tell their kids to wear it. They'll tell their friends at the gym to wear it everyone's going to be wearing Muscle Republic one day. So it's just a matter of time, but you've got to do the right thing now to get to that level, right? You've got to come from heart moves your muscle. So, you know, whenever you're going through that tough time, it's like literally put everything in perspective, focus on what needs to be done. Don't overanalyze it and just keep moving. Like I'm like big, like everyone's like, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. I'm like, and people say that to me now, you know, like yeah. they're like, yeah, man, I just keep moving forward. They tag me and stuff. I'm like, yeah, we just got to keep moving, you know, because yeah. you're only dead once you stop. You know? so, You've got that on one of your shirts as well. We used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, um it was, I, I still wear it at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's, um, we've got another, um, one thing that sort of really inspired me to do this brand was to choose what I love over what I fear. And I feel like if what I've done before, it's used to come from a lot of fear. Even last year, I'd be like, Oh my God, you know, the products aren't getting here. Um, like we'd paid for product in July last year. It didn't get here till December, another massive dent in cash flow. Um, but we got through it. You know, we just adapted. Jess and I were coming up with like some crazy campaigns and, you know, like I think halfway through that period, we had one of our best months. And everything was seamless. We had the new website going. So when you think everything's going to collapse, just like have a sleep on it and focus on, you know, like not coming from a place of fear. Every time I made a decision from fear, um, it it's really put me backwards another five steps. So with, um, for people who are maybe listening and they're really excited to maybe start their own label, whether it's a gym wear label or whatever it might be, someone in like a similar industry, what's your best advice? Cause I remember like when you first started this, you, you, in, like you invested your own car, hard, cold cash to start this, right? Like it yeah. was all cash that you invested into the first drop. So what would you like, what, what have you learned along the journey of the last few years? And what would you say to someone who's wanting to do something like this? Um, I think it's a level playing field now. So um, I think you've got to make clothes that you love um, if you're doing apparel. So, but the clothes are simply a little bit 
it's just a, a piece of the puzzle. It's the brand. So I don't think people buy so much Muscle Republic because of the clothes when we do have the best clothes. Um, but I feel like if, you, if you're wanting to create a brand, um, then find something that resonates with you. Take people on a journey and don't think that the journey is going to end. Make the clothes along the way, you know. And then secondly, start doing your research. Everything's on the, on the phone or your computer now. Just, you know, search Google. Look for a manufacturer on Alibaba. There is thousands of them. If I showed you my inbox, I wish chicks inboxed me like these manufacturers did from China. Like, they get it from Pakistan, China. They find you on social. They'll, they'll, they'll make the product for you. Um, don't, try and run, don't try and reinvent the wheel. Um, clothing is clothing. Um, it just has to be good, good quality fabric, good quality, fabric, good quality um, fit. And, um, and then provide a good service. You know, like, I think they're the key sort of, but everything's easily done. I wouldn't borrow money. Um, I'd kind of like save money like I did up and then invest and start small and then grow. Work out how your back-end operations, it's probably where I went wrong last year. We had like, we had like a couple of amazing ambassadors. We had Lauren Simpson. Um, we had Channing Peach. Um, um, but like people with like Cali Burns, we had like huge following. So our front end um, was like killing it. So, but if you don't have the back end operations set up, so your website, I can't recommend Shopify highly enough. You'll need a shipping plugin. So it's something that plugs into like an Australia Post e-parcel account. The first two years, I used to handwrite all of the parcels. I then joined an entrepreneur course called The Entourage. And I remember saying, I want to know how they get those stickers that go on the labels, like, you know, with the barcodes. And no one would tell me. I was like, far out. You know, like, so I never really spoke up before because I felt like they had some secret. And what I did is I actually took a screenshot of Instagram from a brand overseas of this guy sitting in front of all these parcels and I zoomed in on the parcel to get the label. I went to the post office in like down the road and I said to the guy, he was such a nice guy, the, the manager there. He was like, Oh yeah, I can help you set up it. That's an e-parcel account. And I'm like, what the hell is an e-parcel account? You know? And he's like, Oh, you got to fill in these forms. And I'm like, Oh man, I can't fill in forms. Don't worry. I'll help you. You know, it's so like he helped me set up an e-parcel account. I then had to buy a label printer from some place in Melbourne. But I just asked people, I'm like, hey, you know, where do you get a label printer from that prints like Australia Post labels? Oh, there's a place in Melbourne. They're really good, you know, like, and it just, that links. So that shipping app has your Australia Post account. It links to your website. It creates a label. Like we did about a few hundred orders. Like I yeah. saw that on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, um, but like, no one tells you this stuff. Like, and I don't know, I'm a bit shy when it comes to asking for help a little bit sometimes. So, so but yeah, it's kind of like a silly question. Hey, it's like especially when you're starting your own business, mm. you just got to assume that you don't know, you know nothing. Like, just be curious and ask lots of questions. And that's the key thing. Like, I don't know how to make clothes. I mean, like, sorry, I know how to make clothes. I can't design clothes for women. Like, man, I'm, I just want I just love making muscle tees and t-shirts that I wear. Half the time I walk around in the samples cause I just like, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> They're all blank. And, um, but like having Jess on board, Jess is like, oh no, girls like high waisted this and that. I'm like, what the, who likes high waisted? You know, like, 
and um or like she's had a lot of input into this range which has been really good um and it's it's been able to trust in the people that you that you bring on and bring into the brand and see that they have a vision just as much as what you do if you spend your time inside what i did wrong is i spent so much time inside the business but i love doing this um i felt shy before doing it like talking about watching rocky movies or you know coming up with a why that says real muscle is heart you know like i'm i'm happy with my brand and i'm happy with myself so i'm like yeah if it helps someone out there that starts their brand and yeah um but there's little things having your back-end operations is super critical to make sure that your front-end operation can be supported because that's where the magic happens yeah. um returns exchanges you know we, we jump straight on them and i learned that through real estate um it, i used to do property management when i built the business up with when i started with my dad again and i realized that people just weren't getting responded to someone would ring their, their tap was leaking i'd be like they're like you know i need a plumber i'm like yeah he's on his way and they're like oh wow but that's because i had a good plumber that understood the process so they would actually bring business to us because they were like these guys are amazing and all you're doing is just communicating with them. It's just people. Like, business is people, you know, so. You're just people. Respect. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just people. Like, everyone wants to feel valued. If you, um, you know, I want to feel valued. Um, you know, if someone's gone on and taken their time to go onto my site and put their details in and give me, you know, transfer hundreds of dollars for product out of all the brands out there, I'm going to give them the best service. We have handwritten notes. All website orders get packed and wrapped, gift wrapped. Um, like I had a young girl that did some work for us. She's a uni student. One of our girls left. Um, I was packing all the orders. It's literally only been the last month that I've kind of stopped packing orders. Um, but she showed me a way how to pack and gift wrap. And she made it fun. Like it's like origami. Like I'm like, this is cool. Now I've got like my huge Tongan six foot three friend that comes in at night and he's like, look how neat I pack and look how neat I pack. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you just it's consistency, it's standards. Um, but nothing changes if you don't raise your standards. I learned that from Anthony Robbins. Like it's very true. So who you surround yourself with where I want to take the brand um you've got to elevate yourself otherwise you won't keep I won't keep up with Jenny if I don't keep moving I won't be able to hang out the Gold Coast (laughs) so last question um I'd love to know for those people who are listening and um and they might be in business they might be starting an apparel brand whatever it might be who are your favorite sort of like mindset coaches or mentors to sort of learn from or listen to or read about um from like do you have anyone in particular that you love yeah um i never even knew what a podcast was up until about 18 months ago um and then one of my friends introduced me to them and i found a guy on instagram called andy fazella um he's called the mfco um he has one of the most popular podcasts in america but it was probably about june last year we were like at the probably the worst stage of the business like we'd grown really fast in the first quarter and just like humbled down and there was so much fear inside that i didn't know how to get it out and the one thing that got me through was fitness like i'd get up in the morning i'd walk and train and i started listening to andy and he started to teach you a lot of stuff like 
So I listen to his podcast every morning when I walk the dog. Um, it's absolutely amazing. So he teaches you that he's got, an, he's got a supplement business, but he has an amazing culture within his company. Um, and then within, and I feel like that's the difference because everyone's doing supplements, everyone's doing apparel, but it's the culture and the brand and it comes from the top. So no one can steal my magic because it's me. Mm-hmm. Um, I call my dog the CEO, Charlie Brown, because everyone thinks they're a CEO, but they're not. You know, like you're just giving yourself a job, man. Like seriously. And that's, that. I still look at it like for that for myself. My dog's the CEO of this company. Um, my people are important to me. I put them first. You know, they have to get paid. They've got to pay their bills. Um, I was telling Chani before, I haven't paid myself in two years, but you learn to live and adapt. And every bit of money you make, you need to reinvest um, in order to grow. But um, yeah, I love Andy Fazella. Um, I feel like he's been really strong for me. Um, he teaches you that it's, you know, build your castle, don't tear other people's down. Um, but don't be, you know, don't be afraid to win. Um, money is a means to make a difference. Um, it's not, a, you know, like I said to you before, like if I want to go rescue dogs because I love dogs because they have the most pure hearts and that's what he does for me. So it's, like if if i want to do i need money you know like if we want to go to the starlight foundation dinner and buy like a 10 grand table you need money that's going to make a difference in some kid's life you know um so he sort of made me aware of some of the things that i felt like i was probably steering away from but yeah um he's really good i still love stallone um i still watch i watch yeah all his insta stuff and um you know, like he talks about choosing love over fear. Um, how when you get when you climb one mountain, you you know you climb another. Um, to always keep moving forward. Um, there's that typical um, that keep moving forward speech he did, and it's, it resonates with me because you know I grew up and I, I wanted to be this amazing contributor to to the world, and then I kind of. Like he says, like someone's put his finger in your face and told you, told you not good enough. And I did, I copped a few hits along the way and I was like, I'll just go back into my shell over here and I'll just let world pass by. And then, yeah, you're not living. So, um, but I feel like, you see his journey of like when he wrote, when he wrote Rocky and then they offered him 330,000 to, um, to buy the script without him being the actor. And he's like, no, can't do it. He had sold his dog. He was that broke. And he got paid 35 grand. It was like 1976, you know? So the first thing he does instead of like going to party or whatever is he goes and waits for two days at the same place. He sold the dog, buys the dog back. Guy is like, he sold it for $25. And the guy was like, he tells the, he's like me, he's too open. He's like, yeah, you know, I've got 35 grand. They gave me this movie. It's going to be, it's going to kill it. Now give me my dog back. <laughs> so he buys the dog back for 15 grand and the guy got a part in Rocky. Yeah. But see, so he didn't care because we used to say like, it's for love, not money. Like, but you can't forget that money makes the difference in this world, you know? So um, I do what I love because um, it's made a difference in, in my world. 
So say, it definitely shines through. Like you can tell that your business is heart driven and value driven. I know even when I reached out to him, I was like, Oh, can you tell me a little bit more about your business? Like you sent me through your values. Like that just shows like the value of the business, like what values that you guys stand for at Muscle Republic. And I'm like, you have that, to, speaks, um, that speaks volumes about you as a company and as you as a brand and the culture that you're obviously consciously trying to create as well. Yeah. I mean, like uh, one key value is progression. Um, like it, you, like it's like redemption. Like, no matter how bad things get, just like pick yourself up and just keep moving. Like, um, progress equals happiness. You know, like sometimes I see where the product used to be and where it is now, and it's like phenomenal. You know, like um, I think I was just doing a skew count for the shoot is like a hundred and ten skews. You know, so I I don't want to ever stop. You know, we want to take this brand overseas, um, but it's it's all going to be driven from our why. And I think I've watched like some of the other, like I watch YouTube every night um, and it's all to do with like, there's another guy called Ed Milet. Um, you know, Anthony Robbins has been amazing. Like, um, and it's the same thing, but it's it's literally just being who you really are and being the good in the world and believing in yourself, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, when you find your passion and you go after it, it's hard to not for it to resonate through to people. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Vic, for being on Babes Talking Business. You've been a babe for a day. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <How do you> feel? <laughs> I feel fantastic. I feel like I want a pair of leggings. Ladies, grab some leggings. <laughs> so if our listeners want to be part of this beautiful culture and community that you are creating, where can they head to to go check out some of your stuff? So um, online store is musclerepublic.com. Um, we also sell on the Iconic. Um, we're just in negotiations with some stores at the moment with this new range coming out, some wholesale accounts because people love to touch and feel the brand. Um, we, um, socials are Muscle Republic Apparel um, on Insta, Facebook, Snap, um, but mainly Insta is our go-to. Yeah, but it's not me. That's Jess. She does all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to let you go. I'm sure you've got so much to get through, but thank you again. We really appreciate you. It's been amazing to hear from you and learn from you and so many like good one-liners. I'm excited to meet Charlie Brown too. Can you bring him to the Gold Coast? (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying. We just, um, we've got to get this lane range launched and then, um, Chen, you going away? I leave in four weeks. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we'll come up. Um, We'll come up when she comes back anyway.